Hi, this is Between the Post Podcast. I'm Ryan Myers, and with me here is... Marco. And uh, we're just two young soccer fans, or as Marco likes to call it, football, uh, talking about, wanting to talk about soccer and not try to butcher names in the process. Fair warning, Brian will butcher everyone's name. If they're German, their name is not being said correct. <laughs> it's, I'm saying it right now. Like There's also a very high possibility that I'll butcher everyone's name, but I'll do it the German way. He'll do it the American way. <laughs> So let's begin with uh, match reviews. There were some good European matches this week. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? Man United Wolfsburg. Sure. Did you watch the game? Yeah, I did watch the game. It was a great. It was a great game. Wolfsburg Calgary, who's been fantastic for Wolfsburg, pretty much been their their like their linchpin this whole year. Scored right away. I mean, Man United just didn't even look like they knew who they where they were. Kind of scared the old Trafford fans a little, but uh, yeah, they they seem to be. They seemed to didn't they, they for a while they looked like they didn't know what to do, and um, event it took them a long time to get back into the game, but when they did, they did. Yeah, I mean Juan Mata scored in the thirty fourth minute, then Smalling in the fifty third. I mean that's ridiculous. I mean Old Trafford, Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg with the defense. Defense was really good. Very good. They have Dante, who's one of the best defenders in the world. I and would Dante say. didn't pull a Dante. It's amazing. And. Um, they just, they just, Wolfsburg is just looking like not well. They, they, they dropped five to Bayern and now they're losing to a Man United. I mean, at Old Trafford, which is, as my Man United friends will call it, a magical place. You have to give it to, they were, they played really well. I think, I, United definitely deserved the game, but if you're looking at, the possession was relatively even, duels one was relatively even. Um, and I think Wolfsburg played beautiful football. Um, United, they they sort of just sat back at the end, which I hate when teams do, but everyone does it. Um, and just Wolfsburg defended beautifully for the longest of time, and then it just broke down. Let's go to another game that happened in England uh, this past couple of days in Arsenal Olympiacos. Um, I don't know what's going on with Arsenal. I mean, now it's been 15 years of them making the Champions League, and they just... I mean, they usually make it to the round of 16, but now... It's looking like they're going to be going to Europa with Tottenham and Liverpool this year because dropping games to Olympiacos and Dynamo uh, Zagreb, I mean, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they lose to Olympiacos at home either. I mean, very disappointing for the Arsenal fans. Um, you want to talk about that for a bit? You want to talk about what Arsene Wagner's doing wrong? Um, sure. So... For those of you that don't know, Arsenal's in a relatively easy group, one could say, right? They had the before the whole They thing, were easily the favorites to be the second spot yeah. behind Bayern Munich. Before the whole thing started, they were like sort of hinting at the fact that Bayern would be the only big ch- champion, let's say that they would face, but they seem to have been slaughtered by both of the underdogs by Liverpool. I would say slaughtered, but it it's disappointing okay. to drop three goals to Olympiacos at home. I don't know what they were thinking. I think, but I, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to use a hashtag. The Twitter trolls like to use the hashtag arson out. Wang out. Wanger out. Whatever they want to say it. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans are disappointed that he does not spend the money. He hadn't spent. They're money. sitting on 300 and something million dollars of I mean, cash. they could spend just as much as Man City. You know, they could spend just as much as Man City or Man United or Chelsea. But. Arson just thinks he has. Well, he spent. The idea. Well, you can say that he spent a lot of money in the past. Yes, he didn't spend any money this summer to change okay, things. Since 2011, he's th- spent the third most in the English Premier League behind Man United, Man City. Even so, he's even spent more than Chelsea. Mm-hmm. 
So you at least expect better results, and they just, I mean, he dropped money on Giroux and Alexis Sanchez, and he's just not getting anywhere. You know, the old Arson would have been, would have been able to sign those guys that were going to be good in the future, and now he's just kind of signing guys that... One could argue that he has. He signed Ozil, he signed Alexis Sanchez, he signed, well, Pear is not that great, but he signed Pear Metazaka, he signed a lot of good players, right, that are world, eh, almost world-class. Well, Ozzy was already established. I think so was Alessio Sanchez. Yeah. Not like when he signed, you know, Thierry Henry. Yeah, okay. And not like when he signed Theo Walcott, who at times looked like he was probably going to be a world-class player. He's not now, but he's still one of the better players in the English Premier League. I mean, he's scored almost in every game he's, he's actually started for Arsenal. So Theo Walcott, even years later, is still a damn a great signing. But he's just not making the moves. Maybe he's let a malaise kind of come over Arsenal. He's he's very okay, you know. If the the goal of the cha- of every league is to make the Champions League, he's done that consistently. Because he's, I mean, scarily consistently. Yeah, if you 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 could say he's been the most consistent coach so far. He's 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 always been around fourth place in the British Premier League. He's all, in the last how many how many years did you say fifteen years? Fifteen he's made, years, I think he's made. He's made straight. the Champions League. Never really done anything with that, but the problem is that it comes with every sport. Is the goal of the sport just to be relevant, or is it to win? If you look at it from the business perspective, and ESPN had a nice article about this, that um, for the from business perspective, it's really good, right? Because he's winning. He's doing just enough to get the fans to come back um, and making the club money. But he's not winning anything. They, but it's got to come to a point where the fans are going to be bashing their heads against the wall. They can't keep, they can't not win the league. Is he just, it seems like he's kind of just betting that there's going to be a year where every other team is off. And then that's the year Arsenal could swoop in and get their next victory. And he's getting older, so maybe he's waiting. You know, he's waiting to watch his last championship. But I don't know. He, he can't win. I mean, if, how many t- uh, Arsenal's won, I think, no medal from Europe ever, and it's kind of just a stain on Arsenal. They, you know, they've never won. They never even won Europa League. You know, Tottenham and Liverpool have multiple Europa League uh, medals, and Nottingham Forest, and there's just nothing there for Arsenal in Europe. So, in the long run, do people are people gonna care? I mean, they'll always have their undefeated team, and that'll always be something historic to do in the English Premier League, but. It just feels like this team, like, Arsene Wagner should leave with something else more than what he's doing, and he's just not. So maybe, you know, the management at Arsenal need to take a second look at it. They won the Cup, Winners' Cup in 1993-1994. Oh, Winners' Cup in 1993. So they've won the Europa Championship before. I've, I'm wrong. But yeah. still, and they haven't done anything of any use in the Champions they, League. The Champions League, no, they've won the FA Cup now twice in a row, so... Okay. I mean, the FA... Yeah, but that's still domestic. That's true. We're, I'm telling you, they have not done much. Since Arthur's reign, they have not done anything in Europe at all. They reached the final, right? They didn't win. Yeah, okay, they reached it. They got, you gotta bring home medal to the fans. The men <laughs> don't care about anything else. Well, that's not entirely true. I mean, like it's we more said, about It's more about the whole... It, See, from a fan perspective of Arsenal, you can see it's great, right? The experience to reach the... It's not every year, right? So it's something special when it happens. And you're still going to support your team even if they lose, right? You're still a gunner. But at some point, Arsenal will have to deliver what the fans ultimately want. And that is win the league, one, 
win the Champions League. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're far from doing it still. I think they're they're not. They can't play against European teams. There, I think they just are too confident. <clears throat> so that's uh, our feelings about Olympiacos and Arsenal. Let's go to Barcelona and Bayern. What do you want to say about that game? You being a Bundesliga fan. So uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a uh, I'm German, so I'm a huge Bundesliga advocate and fan, and I think the British Premier League is overhyped and. Let's not get into that right now, but um, I watched that game. I watched all the games that had to do with the German teams, and I genuinely feel like Bayer, Leverkusen, they, deserved to win. Until, they were the better team. They were until the better the, team. Until you know, the, the 80s or whatever. The, the 83rd when Suarez scored the second yeah. goal to take the win. I genuinely think they played... They played they, they were actually like attacking high press, which is Hugo Schmidt's thing. High press, get don't let them touch the ball... And, and it worked, right, for such a long time. But it's with this system, you're going to get tired and it's going to break down. And for them, sadly, it happened. And it was Barca an- ruthlessly just took those chances. It was incredibly ballsy for Bayer to, to press. Because usually when a team presses against Barcelona, they, they, you know, they're pumped. Because they know at one point they're going to get the kick out to Messi on the counter. And Messi's going to, you know... Uh, Nutmeg a couple people and he's gonna score the goal and like he'll he'll do that all game if you keep high the, the high press. So they're gonna be taking advantage of. We have to say Messi did not play this game. Messi he's is injured. He's injured for two months. Weeks. Yeah. So, but I guess Bayer forgot that they also have Neymar and Luis Suarez and Luis Suarez was a uh, you know best player in Europe candidate. He's still one of the he's one of the best players in the world. He can put the ball in the net. <laughs> As they say, and they they should have been a little more conservative, I think, against Barcelona. No, no, that's just his style of play. You can't. It's just they they played really well, and I genuinely think Bayer deserved the win. But I mean, Atika deserved the win. But it's yeah, but the you see, it's end it's, result. It's beautiful to see a un, a team that's definitely nowhere near as good as Barca. Right? It's in a whole other world. They actually went out with balls and were like, we're not going to let you do what you need to do to score. They actually went out there and didn't just sit back like smaller teams do when they play the big guys. They sit back and try to defend for 90 minutes and are okay with the with the draw, right? Bayer was okay with the 1-1 draw, but you can see them keep fighting for that win because they have this mentality that doesn't matter what happens, we're going to keep doing what we need to do to not let Barca get into the rhythm. Bayern's also, I think, very confident they're going to be second in the group. I mean, they, uh, especially, I mean, they didn't know during the game, but now that Roma has lost to Bate, I don't think uh, Roma, I mean, that's not going to look good for Roma. I think in order for Roma to recover, they're going to have to win their games, win their games against Bayern Leverkusen, which we'll have to see. That's That would be an interesting matchup. That, I mean, that's that's the matchup where they're going to be fighting for their knockout stage yeah. rights and you know, that's what matters, you know, for teams like... I mean, Roma is in six right now in Serie A, but you have to assume they're going to make it into that Champions League bracket again next year. And Bayer, they're up and down in the Champions League. So just even making it to the group stage and making that other, more money, you know, that means everything to them. So let's talk about... against Manchester City. Okay, Bruce, what do you... As, a, as the Bundesliga fan, what are you going to say? Again, say I genuinely think Borussia Mönchengladbach Okay, maybe not deserve the win, but they played. They defended very well. So did Man City. I think. I think Man City is. They they felt the sting of losing to Tottenham. You know, they they felt the sting of losing four one, 
And I think they they knew they needed to come back. They they lost Juventus. Juventus. Yeah, I pronounced everything wrong. And they they're going up against another black and white team. So they needed that. They needed to win this game. They needed to win this game to keep their um, relevance in the Champions League. You know, everyone's expecting them to make it far in the Champions League if they want to prove themselves in Europe. You know, it's been enough years where they've had the money and players to make it here. You know, it took Man United a couple years of, like, trying to get used to playing the Champions League with their last big team. So now this is where Man City should be. Starting to pick it up. And, you know, losing to Tottenham 4-1 was embarrassing for them. And losing to a winless who've had days was embarrassing to them. So now they need to come back. And this is what that's what they did. They they scored. They played exactly how they should have. They went, you know, away. And thanks to Aguero's 90th minute goal, they took the three points, which is the big thing. And that group in that group of death. If you look at the overview, um, Man City definitely had possession. Um, which meant Bolos and Mahiglapa had to sit back and sort of defend. But they had a 82, Bolos and Mahiglapa had an 82% accuracy in tackles. So every time they were defending and going into those one-on-ones, they were actually coming out on top, um, which helped keep the score even for a while. Man City knew what they had to do to beat Mahiglapa. Yeah. Mahiglapa likes to play the possession game. They like to pass around. They like to, you know, fool around enough for that perfect point. So Man City just did it instead. You know, they, they decided they wanted to control the game. You know, they were passing. They had a passing accuracy of 85%, and they forced Makalabak to, you know, have a pretty low passing accuracy of 70. You know, they took 11 quarters. They kept 65% of possession. They they outplayed them, I think, in almost every way of the game. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say Makalabak didn't stand a chance, but Man City... I think knows now what they need to do in Europe, and they need to, you know, they need to step up and play the games. In, they need to play like a Bundesliga team is going to play. They can't just play like an English team, which I think has been the thing that's been hurting the other English teams, i.e., Chelsea and Arsenal. That sounds like, like. So that sounds like a perfect segue to go to Chelsea. Oh man, Chelsea, Porto. I mean, uh, Mourinho going against his old team. They. I don't think there's much more to say about Chelsea other than if they don't get out of this slump, they're not, they're just, they're going to be considered one of the biggest falling apart teams in like the past 15 years. They are bombing in the domestic league, they're bombing in Europe. The last time Chelsea lost four of its first seven games was in 1978. Wow, 1978. So even before anybody, you know, I mean, they were always in the first league for the most part. They never really dropped. They've always been a, a team. They never really contended. But since, you know, the first Mourinho tenure, they've been there. And this year, with the talent, with with an insane amount of talent, they're falling apart. You know, Ivan, I, it comes down to a lot to Ivanovic. Ivanovic looks like he's just not not the same person. I don't know who Ivanovic is anymore because that's not the guy who was a ridiculous defender last year. Douglas Costa, his goal is just to annoy people at this point because he's not scoring goals. So I guess he's just going to annoy people. Hazard, who was the best player in EPL last year, I think most people would agree with me, is just, and he's just not playing. He's not as creative. You know, he was a beautiful creative player last year and this year he's. His balls aren't going anywhere. So, I mean, they're in a tough spot now. I mean, they've won, they've taken three points against Maccabi Tel Aviv. They've lost to Porto. I still think they're going to make it past the group stage because Dynamo Kiev is a weak team. 
but it'll be embarrassing for them not to be the first place team in the group stage. That's very embarrassing for an EPL team, for the champions of the EPL, to, you know, not even be able to win their group against what most people consider the easiest group. So that's what I have to say about Chelsea. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we'll go, I'll go to, I just want to say my thoughts on Atletico Madrid and Benefica. Sure. Benefica. Benfica yeah, I can't won. speak Portuguese. Ronaldo would be very angry at me. <laughs> um, I don't know what Atletico Madrid's doing. If they have a goal, it's to, it's to get far in Europe. Because right now they, they, have to, they have to realize they can't. I mean, I guess, okay, they won the league two years ago. But this year, Barcelona and Real are so strong. But Barca is missing Messi. But Real and Ronaldo, I mean, Ronaldo's scoring. I mean, he's scoring on and off. They need to. They need to show something more in Europe. I think they. They've. They've definitely gone up. You know, they can beat all the teams in Spain except for the big two. And sometimes they can still beat them. But they need to show more in Europe. That's my opinion on the matter. And I guess we'll uh, segue right. We'll segue right into this week's games into the Madrid Derby. I don't know if there's another way to say that. Um, what do I think? Um, what do I think? It's I think that I think Real's gonna win, but I don't have any comments. Yeah, just give your uh, thoughts on it. I guess when you you already you have no comments. If there is a way that Atletico Madrid is going to show their worth in the uh, domestic league, this in La Liga this season, it's if they can take three points from Real. Because, you know, three, taking three points from Real makes a difference. In, in a league where these three teams are going to be winning most of their games, you force them to have a loss or two, and it, in the end, it'll make that difference. So I definitely think you're gonna we're gonna come out they're gonna come out of this game and they're gonna press. They're gonna press so hard. They know Ronaldo's been a little uh, cold. He's taking so many shots and just not getting anything. And they know that once the game gets late, Ronaldo's gonna be getting selfish if he doesn't score as he's been recently. So I would definitely expect for Atletico to just play the press the whole game and just attack and just see if they can force an error. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's Diego Simeone is a really good coach right now crazy coach i think he's one of my favorites in the uh in europe right and, now and you one thing I, I know about this game is if anyone's gonna score who do you think it's gonna be griezmann he will provide the assist who's gonna score it torres yes <laughs> you're a big torres fan no but he just fits perfectly and him and griezmann work very well and torres will pop up for the big games for atletico he he! In his first game with Atletico, again he scored and Griezmann assisted. This seems like a perfect time for him to pop back up and just knock it out. They're a fun attacking duo. Yeah. So let's go to another big game this weekend, which is um, the Maryside Derby. Well, both the, both these teams have been. Uh, I mean, Everton I think has been hotter than Liverpool for sure. Liverpool, but Liverpool, I think Brendan Rodgers has started to feel the heat. His back's up against the wall. He rumors, might be a, rumors are back that Klopp's taking over. And you know, everyone's out. saying that you know Klopp, you know, is interested in taking going out of his mental uh, leave to mental take leave. over his you know his, his mental break and and getting out of a reti- early retirement early. <laughs> he's taking a sabbatical. He's not on retirement. Whatever you want to call it. And Brendan Rodgers knows that this is a game the fans care about. It's Liverpool versus Liverpool. It's, I mean, Liverpool, it's, you know, you know what I'm saying. 
and Everton's been in great form. John Stones, you know, he looks like the transfer talk didn't even phase him, mm. and he's just playing amazing. Everyone, I mean, their offenses. Naismith out of nowhere scored that hat trick, and now he has now he got himself a starting role. It's going to be tough, and it's in uh, Everton Stadium. But Brendan Rodgers knows he if he doesn't take the three points here today, he's probably looking at. Um, you know, not having a job in the near future. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I think I think Liverpool are actually losing this one. Uh, so you just say you don't you, you would say the odds are in Everton's favor. Yeah, I mean Everton's been in better form. I would actually say yeah, the, the odds are probably in Everton's favor. As much as my Liverpool friends exactly, are going yeah. to crush me on that this weekend, I think that um, uh, Everton are the favorites, and uh, my team Tottenham plays Liverpool next week, so. Hopefully they're in disarray. Rogers Rogers signed good players. I right? signed Firmino from from Hoffenheim, and he signed a whole bunch of other guys. Well, I'm not a big fan of the Benteke signing. And I know that's not popular to say. It's just that Benteke is a player that you know thrives off crosses and chances being created for him. And Liverpool created the least amount of chances in the league last year. So I don't know where you know. I think Brendan Rodgers' idea was like, I'll just make the fans really excited by signing a great player. But great players don't always fit into every system. He got he got Firmino to help. I mean, Firmino hasn't been doing it. You know, they're, one of the most important, more impressive players has been Danny Ings because he's a player that creates chances for himself. Mm. And as much as I think Liverpool fans hate the signing of Danny Ings because <laughs> who cared about this kid from Burnley, he's probably been a lot more impressive than Benteke. I would say he's been a lot more impressive than Benteke recently. I mean, and as much as Liverpool fans hate that, he's been in starting lineups. Benteke is still ruthless. Put I mean, Benteke is a, a, I mean, that's the thing. Put him in front of the goal, but who's going to get the ball to him in front of the goal? Benteke can't, you know, cut in from the sides and get there. He needs someone to get him the ball. And then he's a disgusting striker. Yeah, once in the box, he's, there's no stopping. So the other big game in England this weekend is Arsenal Man United at Arsenal. What do you think? Uh, United, what do you think of this game? United's got it. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of United. I think they're one of the. I, I like Van Gaal. I like Van Gaal. Um, I think United have got this in the bag. I, in the current form that Arsenal's playing, I don't think they stand a chance. I think United. At home? No. Oh, I man. think United is start. Van Gaal has set up a team that's very, quite relatively young. Two more experienced guys with Rooney and Schweini, um, who can mentor these young guys. Right, setting it up for the future, and you're starting to see them work well together. You see Martial coming out of his. He's decent. Track. He's better than they thought. They thought that Martial was going to be a guy who they were going to start maybe two years down the road. But he's he's now a starting eleven striker. Like there's like he has a job right now. You know they're not giving it to anyone else. Right now it's still very early, right? So you have to see what happens. You have to see if he can con- deliver consistently. I mean, if he can deliver consistently, I think he'll have the job at least going up to the next transfer window. Yeah, in January. Yeah, I think he's just been fantastic. He he's given the fans something to be excited about, and more importantly, and his he's getting them the, beautiful. He's getting them the three points. Yeah. But you know, more importantly, his runs are beautiful. His runs are great. He's you know he runs. That's what they needed. You know, Rudy was always a guy that could you know kind of strike in the box. You know, but he wasn't making runs. He's not that guy. So, what do you think? Who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna take home those three points? You know, I'm a big. I'm like really like getting on like the uh, the Man United could actually win the league bandwagon this season. No, and let's I not think, get ahead of ourselves. And well, I mean, this is the first. This is their first time at the top of the table since. Um, 
a while since Sir Alex Ferguson was coach. And I think if they win this game, it would be it would be a symbol so that they are now here. They are sitting on top. Like who wants it? And I think that would put them. That would put them. You know, Man City are still the favorites to win the season. You know, after the bet makers have. If I think if Man United could win at the Emirates, I think Man United is now the favorite. I think Man United, Man, right now, Man United is still in most lot of people's eyes chasing the title. I think Man United is now going to be the one chased if they can pull the win out. But I, I wouldn't say Arsenal has no chance. I think um, Arsenal is the kind of team that sometimes need a wake up call. You know, they always have a bad part of the season; they have to wake up. So I think if they can pull that off, they, uh, you know, but they also had a bad week, and we've seen that teams that have had bad weekends. Or bad uh, European games can come back in a weekend and take it. It's a completely different game to when they were playing during the week, right, to, in the Champions League. But it's still... Gotta in, have a short memory in soccer. In current form, I will have to give it to United. Okay, that's fair. I think I'll give it to United, too. What do you... Score predictions. What do you think? I think it'll be 1-0. You think it's going to be think the line, They're both going to play so safe. They have to. Because they both need a win and doesn't need to be a convincing win. But if they have a loss, then it hurts the reputation. If they have like a bad loss, it hurts the reputation. Okay. It hurts their the players' mindset. Okay, but does United really need the win? Yep. Why? I mean, they don't need the win. I mean, every win is important. Every all three every three points is always important. But they need this to be the guys to chase, not the guys to be the chasers. You know. Okay. So let's talk about the. I, th- I guess I would say the biggest derby of the. Uh, Weekend, um, one that's very important to both of us, you being a Bayern fan and me being a Dortmund fan. What do you think about, uh, I'm going to butcher it, Dear Classiker? Okay, so let's get into this, shall we? This is this is my big thing. I think, so Hans-Joachim Batzke, that's the manager or whatever, the president of Dortmund, has come out and said, we never see ourselves as, or don't see ourselves as Bayern hunters. We play our own. We do our own thing, right? Is what he's trying to say with that. And Bayern so far is still undefeated in the Bundesliga. Uh, Lewandowski has gone on a rampage of goals. We can we can still talk about his five goals in how many minutes? Nine minutes or something? It just insane stats. He has scored ten goals in three games. He is the top scorer in the Bundesliga, Champions League, and Euro 16 qualifying. To put this into perspective, Liverpool have only scored seven in the Champions League. And he has scored a lot more than that in a lot less time. 17 goals and 12 games total this uh, since the beginning of August. He's also the fastest foreigner to score 100 goals in the Bundesliga. And, you know, everyone, all their signings have turned out right, you know. A lot of people were scared about Bayern because the robbery mix. Robbery is always hurt. It's, oh, we can, I mean, I don't want to, you know, put a, you know, um, put the dirt over it and say it's dead, but with. Uh, Douglas I, I just, Costa. I, I just want to point out that Ribery is recovery is going not as expected, and Robin is not playing this weekend. He was they were sort of hinting at that he might be able to, but not happening. He is back. He's running again, so he's in training, but it's going to take time. We can confidently say that Robbery is a Derek Rose of um, German soccer. They just won't. I'm still cutting that out because I don't know what it means. <laughs> They just, I mean, people won't know what it means. Oh, okay. I'm not into basketball. They're just not going to come back. But Bayern is lucky that they have Douglas Costa, who's looked like probably the best signing this year so far. He has. There's no player since <laughs> since um, Ribery's days 
um, who has who has assisted more in the first ten games. He has ten assists, ten games. That's right. I mean, and then Vidal has been playing well. He looked fine. You know, he just played in the Champions League final. Yeah. And then you have this. Can we talk about Kimmich, please? <laughs> the, the, the youngster who the youngster no one the, has ever heard of. Who no one ever heard of. He already has a nickname in China, though. What is it? I don't remember what. I don't remember what how to say it in Chinese, but it literally translated to "young cute boy." That is what <laughs> they were calling him in China during their preseason tour. Kimmich has been very impressive, though coming up. Yeah, you can. He had his Champions League start this against. But who did they play against uh, Zagreb? Zagreb, and that shows the confidence that the team, the Pep, has behind this player. He's looking great, and also even more impressive, I would say, when we talk about youngsters, is Kingsley Coleman. Kingsley Coleman, nineteen, nineteen. He's the, you know, he's the Marshall of oh, Bayern 21. right now. I think he might be 21. He's just been fantastic since he joined Bayern. He's very confident in himself. That's I mean, when you go to a big club where you have, you're playing around, you know, you're training with Arjen Robin and, you know, Lewandowski and, Lewandowski and all these guys. Ali and Robin. And, Matt, and, you're, and you know, your shooting practices are Emmanuel Neuer. <laughs> and you're confident? I, I believe in that kid. <laughs> So Kingsley Coleman, great signing. Bayern, I think Bayern have done the best signing summer with Douglas Costa, most efficient stats wise. Oh my god, he's been fantastic. And you know what? They play beautifully together. Did you see that chip by Lewandowski? That heel. Then it, it that feels pass. like they haven't played with each other for exactly. two years. So it, it's like what Man United really has always wanted. They wanted. <laughs> they've always wanted to buy a team from the click right away, and it just never happened. It's let's see how long this. Lasts. I think that's. I think that's as much as you hate him. I think that's Pep. Yeah. Um, but we have to go into. We have to go into. Lewandowski's old team as well, right? We have to talk a little bit yeah, about Dortmund. I mean, I can talk about Dortmund. Please. Dortmund's been on fire. Kagawa and Kagawa. Sorry, the fab, everyone in the Fab Four has been just scoring, assisting. They have been destroying teams. 34 games, 26 goals, 8 assists. That's Obama Yang. Yang. Yeah. That's Obama Yang alone. He's been scoring. Kagawa's been scoring. Royce looked weak last week. I'm he not still has lie. a broken toe. He just couldn't add any width, and they had to take him out for Anjan Yanazai, who assisted the first, um, the first Obama, the second bomb, Obama ankle, but also gave up the free kick that tied the game. So, Royce, I think Royce should have been there. There was also a problem last week that their left back, Schmelter, pretty much provided all the width the entire game. Like, he was pretty much the best attacking option we had. I think that was a little ridiculous. So, I think if I'm a Dortmund fan, I'm coming into this a little worried, but, it is a big game, and if Dortmund could take the three points, I think it puts them still in that running with Bayern. Because no one thought Dortmund was going to be here after their season last year. They thought Dortmund would limp along to you know a top four, but they wouldn't be still in the running. I mean, it's still early in the season. But as long as both these teams are going to keep beating the weaker teams in the league, then it's just really just going to come down to their games against each other and then their mess-ups, you know, like, Dort- Dort- like Dortmund's game against Darmstadt. If you look at the two last games of Bayern, right, they're the first time they had the really bad first half, then this game they had a really bad second half. I mean, really, they had a bad second half. So if they can pull it out this game they have a chance of winning if not I think Dortmund is too lethal and I have a feeling that this might go south it could it could go bad for either team I think it's also the big thing is that it's at Allianz Arena yeah I think home field advantage maybe not even as much for Bayern matters at Allianz Arena but if it was Dortmund at home that it's just that that yellow wall it's the yellow wall and 
if Dortmund can take the victory here, you assume they can take the victory when they have the yellow wall behind them. And now if they can take six points from Bayern, that would put them probably in the best position they could have to win the league and take take it from Bayern for the first time in a bit. No, they would. Even they, if they win, they wouldn't make it. They wouldn't be at the top of the league. Well, no, they would. They'd be a point behind. But I'm saying if they can take all six points oh, yeah, okay. throughout the season from you know, both games against Bayern, they could be in a good shot to win You know, the domestic league. I mean, the Pokal Cup hasn't even started, so we don't even know about the Cup. But the Cup does matter. He means the Pokal Cup. But I will not say it right. I don't. I mean, the, the, in Germany, the Cup matters a lot. So we'll see how that all comes down. I mean, Dortmund's in Europa League, and I don't think they should care that okay, much. Okay, so prediction score-wise, give me a score. It's going to be high score. Lewandowski and Aubameyang. Okay, so you give put me them on the You can put them on the mat. You, it's going to be... 3-2 Bayern. Okay, going with 2-1 Bayern. Speaking of Dortmund, this brings us to a perfect time to transition into the Europa League. Um, as a Tottenham fan, I've been thinking a lot about the Europa League, and I think the thing with every team, I was talking about Arsenal, every team's goal should be the Champions League and making it far in the Champions League. And teams like Tottenham and Southampton, and they, they, we're talking about the EPL, have, you know, they're not going to make the top four. They, they, they're always there, but there's, you know, there's better clubs every year usually. You know, teams like Tottenham, you know, once every five years will make it. You know, they made in 2010, and they were huge upsetters. They beat Inter. They eliminated Milan when they were both, you know, still fantastic, fantastic sides. And that's what the fans want, is they want to be relevant in Europe. And they also want to be relevant domestically, but it's it's harder to beat those clubs unless you're willing to spend more. And we just don't have the funds as for a club like Tottenham and for clubs like Southampton. So a lot of people argue, like, why do these clubs not put out their best teams when they play Europa just so they can save themselves for, like, Leicester City? For a team to make it into into uh, your uh, Champions League you'd have to be top four in England or win the Europa Cup and teams just don't English teams have not cared in years about Europa Cup they don't make it far and the best way to do it is to follow Sevilla's I mean that's why Spain has five teams in the league in the Champions League this year because Sevilla knew they weren't making it one way so they took it the other and if that if Europa League became a goal I think for the mid-table English teams and the mid-table Bundesliga teams and just really all the mid-table teams have the big leagues it would it would make the competition better because the competition is almost a joke to a lot of people I, I would say right now it would it would make the Champions League better because then you have this tested European team coming in every year and that's one against, you know, every league and it would just make those teams. Those teams don't make it far, the Europa teams. Sevilla's lost, I think, both their games. They're not going to probably make it to their knockout stages. They need to start caring. What do you What do you think about it from a Bundesliga perspective? I think the like Bundesliga, like, for example, Augsburg, it's their first time in the Europa League and they're being crushed, granted. But I think it's really, they're actually trying, right? Because they know they're not going to achieve much in the domestic league. So for them, the importance is much higher on the cup and on the champion uh, on the Europa League or the Champions League. 
depending on who you're talking about now, but they put out their best players because they want to win it. It's so much more important to them. Even if you think of it just from a financial perspective, it's a lot more important to them because they get a lot more money than just winning the domestic league. But it's also you're getting your name out there, right? And to German teams, doing well in Europe is basically the number one priority. You know, or reaching the, re just reaching it. For example, for Augsburg, when they reached it, they were celebrating as if they had just won the World Cup. I mean, and, and then like Team like Tottenham, who literally are there every year. They don't care. It's like, whatever like there's like some we get a game in the middle of the week that we get root for our side if they're home if they're away like we watch on TV at work but we don't care like they when they when they lose we'll just be like oh bummer like back to trying to get top four <laughs> like over somehow Chelsea Arsenal Man United Man City and Liverpool who spend a lot more than we do but even like even like Liverpool this year like what are their chances they're gonna make top four I mean I guess Chelsea's weak there's blood in the water Liverpool Tottenham I mean I mean it's safe to say the top four is City United. In terms of talent, it's City United, Arsenal, Chelsea, but Chelsea's not there. Arsenal, so maybe Chelsea. that four that four spot is still up for grabs. You got teams like maybe a surprise. We haven't had a surprise team in a long time. What about who's talking Leicester about? City yeah, there you and go. Crystal Palace? But that same situation Southampton was in last year. If they you know, can, they, they, if they, they were they were four like all year. Yeah, if they, they can were do three or four. And then, you know, Arsenal, Man United, they came back. Mm. Like, of course they were going to come back. You know, even Tottenham was four for a while, and then they ended fifth. Yeah. These teams come back because they have the depth that these that the mid-table teams don't get. Mm. Southampton, you know, they don't get depth because their better players are bought. You know, you're going to see, I'm sure you're going to start seeing the kids from Leicester, the front field, Vardy, and um, the other boy. <laughs> The other top scorer in the league, whose name I can't remember, they're going to get bought next year by a bigger English club. They lose that depth, so they need to start prioritizing. Make, if they want to prioritize making the Champions League, which should be the goal, especially for mid-table teams, that $20 million is beautiful for them, they have to start winning in Europe. Mm, I agree. Okay. That's all we have for this week. We have midterms to study for. Um, I'm Brian Myers. And I'm Marco. Thank you. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We're, so follow us on Twitter at the Posts Podcast. At the Posts Podcast. If you like emailing us, if you're old school, email us at Between the Posts Podcast. At gmail.com. Send us mean things on the internet. We love me. We love when fans hate. Comment so, on Brian's inability to pronounce anything. Just say I don't like Arsenal. Yell at me for it. I dare, I dare you. To give yell us at me. give us good reasons, and we'll talk about it next episode.